EO Fire 1233. Life is not waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. EOFire.com is your go-to resource for everything you need to rock your entrepreneurial journey. Ignite. Hiring, but not sure where to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can find your perfect candidate today. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Fire Nation, the countdown has commenced. JLD here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Brian Johnson. Brian, are you prepared to ignite? The fuse is lit. Yes. <laughs> Brian <laughs> is an entrepreneur and investor. He's the founder of OS Fund and Braintree, which was bought by eBay in 2013. He launched OS Fund with $100 million of his personal capital to support inventors and scientists who aim to benefit humanity by rewriting the operating systems of life. Brian, take a quick minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse in your personal life. Yes, I guess this all started when I was 21. I had just returned from living in Ecuador for two years uh, with people living you know, in, in extreme poverty. And I came back to the States with this burning desire that I wanted to spend my life trying to improve the lives of others. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time. I looked around at the options you find on a college campus, and I just didn't – nothing really struck a chord with me. And so I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll become an entrepreneur. I'll build a successful business. I'll retire by the age of 30. And then with abundance of time and energy, I'll go out and resources rather, I'll go out and, and uh, find a way to better the world. And so that set me off on a, I guess, a 15-year journey as an entrepreneur building companies. And uh, when I sold Braintree, I started on this new endeavor, uh, which was the OS fund and a couple other things I'm doing. But it's really been around how I can add value in the world and um, improve people's lives. Well, I love it, uh, especially because Braintree is a incredible and proud supporter of EO Fire. So thank you for creating something so awesome that is continuing to pay it forward, uh, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> and Brian, one thing that we do start that I think would be kind of unique for you, just because of the entrepreneur that you are and the way that you've created just such a life of abundance, is we do love talking about revenue and just the ways that entrepreneurs right. that I have as guests generate that revenue. So can you maybe talk about either today or just ways in the past that you have generated revenue as an entrepreneur that you think could be helpful to our listeners, you know, who are entrepreneurs, cypreneurs, and just small business owners getting their feet off the ground? One of the first insights I had in life, which I appreciated the most, was this idea that I wouldn't be tied to an hourly wage. As I looked at the options, for example, in high school, where I saw that I could make $8 an hour, you know, trading my time or trading 60 minutes of my time working at a, a fast food shop or like some other job. It never made sense that I would confine my value creation to $8 an hour. I wanted the ability to control how much I was worth an hour. And so whether that was zero uh, over a longer period of time and then a big payout, I was okay with that. And so I think when I talked to a lot of people that the frame for me that was most helpful was how do I structure my endeavors in life so I actually create uh, what I think I'm worth uh, instead of what someone's willing to pay me on an hourly basis. And that was really the mentality as an entrepreneur that got me going uh, in the value creation. So I think a lot of people, myself included, used to get nervous and to yeah. this day still get nervous when they 
say, wow, there's people like Brian out there who were just born with that mentality. They never wanted to trade time for dollars. They were basically an entrepreneur by the time they took their first step. I mean, to be completely honest, Brian, like I, all the way up to like 18 years old, I just mowed one lawn a week because that got me $20 and $20 was all I needed to get out and have some fun with my friends and girlfriends. And I never had that big drive. And, and I will say, it kind of worried me. I'm like, man, I'm probably you know, not going to be that successful in life. And you know, even into my 20s and, and super early 30s, like I just never really had this entrepreneurial drive and spirit. But then it did just strike me like a lightning bolt back yep. at 32 years old. And you know, I've now been rocking and rolling with EO Fire ever since. So it came to me later in life. It seems like it came to you early in life. But I think it's important to kind of share with you, Fire Nation, that if you're not saying like I, I just I'm not like Brian was when he was a kid or growing up, like that is okay. Do you have any thoughts on that, Brian? Oh, I totally agree, and I think that there's like I don't I want to be careful in using the word, but like some snobbery in the idea that yeah, some people are entrepreneurs and others are not. But it's it's not the case. I mean, I think anybody can do it. It's just uh, understanding what's required and the willingness and desire to do it. And so when I talk to entrepreneurs or people who want to become entrepreneurs, the only question I ask them is, you know, is it an itch or are you burning? Like how Ooh. uncomfortable is it? Um, and people will come at it from the angle like, you know, I hate my job and I want to do something else. Or like, so it's like, are you running from something or are you running to something? Like, what do you really want? Because only when you have enough tank in the, in the uh, enough fuel in the tank to get you where you want to go will you succeed. And so, I think it's really basic questions on can somebody do it, and then you know, they'll need to acquire certain skill sets like being resourceful and having enough tenaciousness to overcome the inevitable trials. But I do think that really, it's it's an entrepreneurship is available to a much broader class of people than I think people realize. Do you have your own podcast? I don't. We're going to have to talk after, brother. you got too much goodness to share with this world. Now, one thing I do want to do is look back into that journey that you've been on as an entrepreneur, which, you know, from an outside perspective, mine, and I'm sure a lot of Fire Nation right now, we're like, this guy is just going from win to win, from strength to strength. But the reality is, it doesn't matter who you are, from Richard Branson all the way down to somebody that just launched yesterday, we're going to have the ups and the downs. So, yeah. Brian, can you take us to what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date and really tell us that story? I'd probably say it's both the worst and the best. I started entrepreneurship, you know, starting building companies when I was 21, and I had a successful company from, from my first go, and then I had a failure, and then I had another failure. And I now have been in the trenches of entrepreneurship for like six or seven years. I had a young family at home. I was, you know, the kids weren't sleeping. I was working very hard to be a, a good father, um, but I was just exhausted. And I basically had been broke for that entire time. And I now was up to debt to my eyeballs and I was basically unemployable. I was still working on my, my last venture. It was kind of falling apart and I needed to go get a part-time job, like something to pay the bills and keep the family afloat. You know, with the young children at home. And so I applied like dozens and dozens of jobs on, on Monster and um, I have to get through the jobs that was at the time. And I also read, I read the newspaper one day and I saw this list of the 50 richest people in Utah, which is where I was living. And I, I thought, you know, this is perfect. I'll email them and I'll tell them what I'm doing and I'm resourceful and young and smart and I'll be the right-hand man and do whatever they want me to do. So I contacted all their assistants and sent an email to them. No one responded. And so like I was in this total state of desperation where things were about to like totally fall apart in my world. And one day I saw this just job at a monster, which was basically selling credit card processing services door to door. So the company, if you could fog a mirror, you could show up and sell these, these guys. <laughs> you know? So I, I started doing, I uh, started selling for this company and I quickly figured out 
that there were some basic problems in like transparency, honesty, and good customer support. And I became this company's number one salesperson at a 400 nationwide and broke all their sales records with this simple model of honesty, transparency, and, and support. And I stumbled upon the payment industry, which you know, subsequently led me to start Braintree. And so out of this moment of desperation where my back was against the wall, I had no options in the world, I found the one thing that I really, I guess, was what I was meant to find. And so um, I think out of the darkest moments sometimes come, come the brightest lights. I love that message. And something I kind of want to do brush against real quick is you had an initial success and then it was followed by those two, you know, pretty epic and, and draining and yeah. just bandwidth sucking failures. A lot of times what I do see, Brian, you know, having now interviewed over 1200 successful entrepreneurs is that, you know, when we have the initial success, you know, we kind of start to think, you know, for lack of a better phrase, like our crap doesn't stink. You know, we're just like, wow, like we are going to be able to go forward now, like whatever we, we touch is going to turn to gold, whatever we do is going to succeed. And so often failures just happen because for a number of reasons, things came together beautifully for that first initial success. And we just think that's going to keep happening, but it's hard. So can you kind of talk just about that mindset a little bit um, as far as the success then for you followed by failure, failure? We were raising money for the second company. I had I did the first company by myself and I had three co-founders for the second company and we were raising money and this gentleman said, have any of you failed before? And I think the company, I think there was like two of the people, the co-founders were consultants. One was a PhD, just finished a PhD. And then I was like this you know, scrappy person with real little talent. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he said, and we all just kind of you know, shook our head like, no, we haven't. And we were all kind of proud of the fact that we hadn't failed. And he said, I won't invest. And I thought, why in the world would you want to invest in people who have failed? And I guess I was so naive at the time to see his point, but you know, on the flip side of having built a number of companies, having succeeded and failed, the experience you gain is is so incredible. And it's not to say that you only invest in entrepreneurs who have failed before, because there's certainly value in, in anyone trying to approach these things. But um, you do gain wisdom for sure in these endeavors, and you you I think you get better and better every time understanding the dynamics of what it takes to build a team, how to properly identify the market. But I do think you're right that. There is no singular advice to someone who has failed or succeeded. It's a continuous, continuous process. It also depends upon the complexity of the challenge you're trying to tackle. Right? You can be successful at one endeavor, then try something uh, of a magnitude of complexity more and fail at that just because the dynamics are much more different. About a year ago, I had a billionaire on the show, and he was talking about one of his most epic failures, and we got into it. And then he kind of told a quick side story about how you know, within the past couple of years, he invested in this just entrepreneur that he knew was going to be an absolute rock star. The guy just had the drive, the intelligence yeah. and all this stuff. And he invested $22 million into this guy and the venture absolutely flopped and he lost everything. And I kind of chuckled, you know, just kind of being a, a naive, you know, podcast host. And I said, well, I'm sure like you'll never invest with that guy again. He's like, are you kidding me? I just invested $22 million in that guy's education you better believe that's worth gold. Like I can't wait for, you know, what that ROI is going to be down the road when this guy actually does hit it big. So love that feedback. Something to definitely think about Fire Nation. And Brian, let's kind of shift now to another story in your journey. Obviously, Braintree was a massive aha moment for you. Um, and maybe that's a story that you want to tell us right now. Um, or maybe it's not. This is totally your call because you've had a ton of epiphanies, a ton of light bulb moments. Which is one that you think is going to resonate with our listeners, with Fire Nation? And just like you did, you know, with that worst moment, take us to that right. moment and tell us that story. 
I would think back to when I was 21, when I wanted a cell phone. And so I didn't have much money and I was, I've always been quite frugal. So I found this gentleman in the Yellow Pages to meet me at the mall to sell me this discounted phone that I could get much cheaper you know, than a retail store. And I finished buying the phone. He said, you know, you look like you're energetic and smart. Like, why don't you come sell phones for me? I'll pay 40 bucks per activation. And I thought, perfect, because that's exactly what I wanted. And if I could make $40 per activation, I could sell two phones per hour. That's $80 per hour. And so, again, it goes back to my thing of like trading time for right. money for time. And so I signed up with him to be his, his salesperson. And I did this for two days. And then I was on the porch of this woman's house. She had two kids they were screaming. I was trying to sell her this mobile phone service to make my 40 bucks. And I thought, I had this thought, I thought, wait a second, if I'm selling phones for him, why can't others sell phones for me? Ooh. And it was the most basic, like simple thought. And it just lit me up. And I stopped talking to this lady mid-sentence and I ran home. And I like literally spent the next two days working 24-7 creating this company. Within, tw- within 48 hours, I had a new company set up. And I went out and recruited all my friends and other people on the college campus. And I built up this big network of people selling mobile phone service for me. And I started making, I think, like 6000 or so a month having this broad group of people sell phones for me. And I was working uh, much uh, fewer hours than I was before. And it was like this incredible lesson in the power of initiative and leadership. That identifying something, some problem to solve, and then actually putting forth the effort to just get it going. Uh, the number of people who will join an initiative that's already in process versus the people who will start is very different. And so there's a premium placed upon initiative and then the ability to carry that forward to hire a team to actually carry that through. One thing that really jumps out to me about this, Brian, is that if you're not playing the game, you're never going to get past the ball, Fire Nation. And, you know, in this case, the ball is, you know, a figurative representation of like an idea. I mean, if Brian hadn't gone out and said, hey, I'm actually going to get in the game. I'm going to work. I'm going to see this opportunity that I think there is some great opportunity within it. And I'm just going to get out and I'm going to start getting my feet wet and learning about this. And then, you know, he's on that porch, you know, the woman with the screaming kids. And he's like, man, like I, I can do this. Like, why can't I do this on a bigger, more leveraged, more scalable level. And of course, one foot in front of the other, you know, here he is now, OS fund and everything else that he's created. So it all starts by being in the game. So many of us are just on the sidelines. You know, we're just like, okay, we're going to wait for that perfect opportunity and they're going to jump in. I mean, it wasn't a perfect opportunity for Brian to make 40 bucks every single time he sold a, a cell phone plan, but it was an opportunity. He got in the game and the aha moment came from there. If I waited till I was a good podcaster, I never would have started podcasting because I had to get in the game and just be bad for a long time before I could actually say, okay, now I'm at a place where I feel like I can hold my own, you know, with the Brian's of the world. So that's my big takeaway, Brian, from your idea, from that aha moment that you had. What do you want to make sure Fire Nation gets in just one sentence? Since I've been investing in entrepreneurs for the past year and a half, I have gained a little insight in terms of what I see in others. I guess I'll comment on that and also maybe what I see in myself. Things that I see in other entrepreneurs, one is I think there's this weakness of people don't dare to aim high enough. They don't dare to be as audacious as they could imagine out of fear of they may sound too full of themselves or it may be too much to bite off. Um, But I think that people can choose to work on audacious endeavors. And I think that if you systematically go about doing it, that they are achievable. And I'm, I think of this, this um, what I call the Shackleton sniff test all the time. There was this, this uh, Antarctic explorer, Shackleton, in 1914, tried to cross out the South Pole coast to coast. It was like this 
amazingly incredible endeavor. He said, like, what can I do in the world as an explorer? And he chose the hardest possible thing anyone could imagine. And he took a team down there, and they failed in their endeavor. But the story in which they – what they did to survive and endure that is the most inspiring story I've ever read in terms of adventure. And I always ask myself the question when I identify what I'm going to work on, does this pass the Shackleton sniff test? Is this the most audacious thing I can imagine? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs just don't spend the time to think about that. And then I'd also say people who give up too early, where you, you spend an enormous amount of time trying to crack a problem, and it's so close, but they just give up right before they can find the solution. And then I guess I'd probably say three is people who, couldn't, who aren't able to adapt fast enough to changing circumstances. And um, there's just actually there's a story. Can I tell a story real quick? Yeah, please. So there's uh, this is my favorite one. I used at Braintree. There's five monkeys in a room, and there's a ladder that goes up to this platform of bananas. And when a monkey tries to climb up the ladder to get the bananas, all the monkeys are sprayed with cold water. And so after a few attempts, the monkeys learn this behavior. If they try to get the bananas, they're going to have this unpleasant experience. And so uh, one one by one, they take one of the monkeys out, put a new monkey in, and the new monkey, of course, will try to get the bananas. Um, but the monkeys don't want to be sprayed with cold water, so they grab the monkey and pull it down before it can go up. And so soon you have five monkeys in the cage, uh, none of which have ever been sprayed by cold water because if a monkey tries to go up, they grab them and pull it back. So now you have five monkeys who are all behaving a certain way, but they have no idea why. And so if you had a new monkey come in you, and this monkey were to question the other monkeys, why, sage monkeys, you who have lived in this habitat for so long, <laughs> do you not climb up the ladder to get the bananas, right? Tell me, dispense your wisdom. And they would wax poetic and say, let me tell you, new monkey. And if just one simple question, you know, why? Digging in that, that core belief, maybe things have changed. Maybe they won't get sprayed by water. But it's like these underlying assumptions we have in life that we don't question or realize they're present, which are such big showstoppers for us in our ability to move forward. Wow, I love that. It's actually inspired me to tell a story, which I will really condense, but I just love the the meaning in it as well, is that, you know, this couple just gets married and they're having a nice ham dinner and the he, the, the husband like watches his wife like chop off both ends of the ham and then put it in the oven and cook it. And he looks and he says, honey, you know, we're, we're kind of on a budget here. Like, why are you wasting like the ends of the ham there? Like, that's, that's good meat. She's like, oh, that's just how my mother did it. So the next week they're at the mother's and the mother just was asked the question by the, by the, hus- the new husband. And the mother goes, well, that's just how, you know, my mother did it. And they went to that mother and then so on. And, and finally it got to like the great grandmother. And she said, well, you know, back in the day, we just had a tiny oven. We couldn't fit it in. And like, that was the reason because she just didn't have a big enough oven. So there was no good reason. And nobody asked why why they just followed those before them so great message brian and you didn't actually say your biggest weakness i've never actually had any particular skill set in life that i've been really really good at for example i wasn't like a computer science major or i wasn't uh didn't study physics or anything of the sort and so i've never really had one area of deep expertise and i think that that could have been very helpful over the years in my in my endeavors i think i've tried to compensate that with resourcefulness and hustle but I think that a, a deep area of expertise would have been helpful on a lot of fronts. What's your biggest strength? I dare to pursue hard things. What is the one thing that you are most fired up about today? What I care about the most in life is I want to reorient the identity and aspirations of humanity. There's this great video by Carl Sagan where he looks back at planet Earth a couple hundred million miles away. It's a, it's a pixel on the screen. And he contemplates what humanity will become in the larger context of the universe. 
And that's my frame of understanding us as a species on planet Earth. And when I think about what I can do in the world to help humanity thrive within the broader context of the universe, it's entirely about that outcome. And so that's what I really would like us, that's what I really would care about accomplishing in my life, helping to contribute to rather, is that we do understand ourselves in that context and that we, we structure our lives and our endeavors and our aspirations based upon that desired outcome. Well, Fire Nation, you thriving will be really dependent on you sticking around for the lightning round because Brian is going to be dropping some value bombs. We're going to take a quick minute and thank our sponsors. Identity theft is no joke, and unfortunately, it can happen to anyone. In fact, it only takes seconds for a thief to steal your identity, spend your money, and apply for credit cards and loans in your name. Imagine not being able to refinance your home or even get a car loan because of damaged credit caused by identity theft. My recommendation, protect yourself before something like this happens with LifeLock Ultimate Plus Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock's got your back, helping protect you in ways old school credit monitoring can't. They'll watch out for your bank accounts, your credit, and your good name. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock Ultimate Plus provides LifeLock's most comprehensive identity theft protection. I know that I'll sleep easier knowing that if some thief goes after my identity or life savings, LifeLock is on it. Visit LifeLock.com now and enter promo code EOFIRE or call 1-800-866-8527 or visit LifeLock.com. That's LifeLock.com, promo code EOFIRE. Building a strong team is a huge part of growing your business. As an entrepreneur, I can tell you that your business is only as good as the people you hire to help support it. But it's nearly impossible to find qualified candidates. You know, the ones who are going to be as dedicated to your business as you are. After all, there are only so many hours in a day. But posting your job in just one place isn't enough to find those quality candidates. Thanks to ZipRecruiter.com, you don't have to sweat it. ZipRecruiter allows you to post to 100 plus job sites with one single click. Once you've posted, you'll be instantly matched to candidates from over 6 million resumes. Just post once and within 24 hours, watch your candidates roll in ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. Try ZipRecruiter to get your perfect candidate before they go to someone else. Today, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Visit ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Brian, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I'll try anyways. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Nothing. I ran towards it. What's the best advice you've ever received? It's on my mom's fridge. Life is not waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Quiet time every day to focus on what I care about. Can you share an internet resource like an Evernote with Fire Nation? I suggest pen and paper. If you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage, because it's a blueprint for how to do hard things. Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I have teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. And Brian, this is the last question of the lightning round, but it is a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world that's identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is this laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I like to read before I write. So I would want to survey the landscape of 
a society's ambitions, aspirations, mental models, frameworks, and then I would try to map out people within those different subgroups and then identify what I care about the most and optimize my endeavor for that. Brian, I want to end today on fire, brother, with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. On Twitter, Brian underscore Johnson, B-R-Y-A-N. In a parting piece of guidance. The most powerful tool in each of our possession is our ability to author life, the ability to literally create any kind of world we can imagine. Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You've been hanging out with Brian and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Brian, that's B-R-Y-A-N, in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Links to the book, to his Twitter handle, you name it, it will be there. And again, that Twitter is at Brian underscore Johnson. And Brian, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. If you're ready to share your voice and message with the world, freepodcastcourse.com is for you. Learn how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast for free and ignite.